It's time to get down to business on the weekend's number one business program. Known as the king of networking, your host, Shalom Klein, has worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and created countless jobs. So, to success, let's get down to business. And indeed, we are all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship and business. We talk a lot about business here. You are on with Get Down to Business, and I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website at ShalomKlein.com. And while you're there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. It's going to be a jam-packed week of content and information you will not want to miss. It's a live show. Indeed, you could call us. Here in the beautiful studio in Elk Grove Village at 312-642-5600. And remember, we are powered by our good friends at Tandem HR, your solution center. Check them out online, tandemhr.com, or give them a call, 630-928-0510. So I'm thrilled to be joined by Ed Starr, who is the Managing Director of BMF Media. And uh, Ed, this is uh, this is fantastic. You and your team are involved in transforming brands and creating Really fantastic, memorable, and that's the keyword, memorable marketing uh, marketing engagements for your clients. Welcome to the program. Thanks so much for having me. Really excited to be here. Absolutely. I've even summarized it uh, myself. <laughs> well, you know what? Memorable is really important because I think uh, these days we're all being bombarded with so much information, whether we're driving um, and up and down the, the the highway. But certainly, as we spend time on our computers, we see a lot of a, a lot of brands, a lot of images. But you're you're dedicated to making sure that your your clients and your message stands out. So, if you don't mind, Dad, I I always love to start with the story. Tell there there must be. Uh, a reason why why you do things different. Tell tell me your story and how uh, BMF got started. Yeah, no problem. I mean, I think our story is actually really nice because I think it appreciates uh, a lot of the stuff you talk about on the show. I mean, the firm has three partners. One of them is my brother, and one of them is my college roommate. We uh, pledged Sigma Alpha Mu together at Illinois, so that's important to us. You know that that legacy of family and trust. And I think that's a really nice building block to building any kind of firm or professional partnership. So we've been next November is our 15 year anniversary. And it started like a lot of, you know, a lot of agencies do. There's a small need. A lot of people didn't think anything of it. You kind of get going, you get your first client, you kind of get a little bit of momentum and, you know, you start putting the pieces together. I think the beauty of the three different partners is uh, we all bring different pieces in the sense that, um, you know, I went to business school. Some of the guys are more creative. It, it really creates a yin-yang relationship. And all of a sudden, synergies start coming. You know, two clients become four, four clients become ten. And, um, and here we are today. So we're proud to kind of be where we are. We're still headquartered in New York. I'll always be a Chicago guy. That's where I'm from. And we have offices in Los Angeles, Austin, Texas, and Miami, and we're over seventy-five people now. So we're we're really lucky, but we're also really passionate about what we do. So I can tell you are. So Ed, um, you you brought us to the present, and I appreciate the story. So so right now, I know you're working with some pretty impressive brands and 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 people uh, behind the brands. Uh, give us a few examples of some projects that 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 you and your team. Are involved in and 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 what what the BMF product ultimately looks like, and again, why are you different? 
Sure. So first of all, BMF basically does what we call in the industry experiential marketing. What that means is when you're able to really touch something, you mentioned earlier creating that memory, we're bombarded day and night with things. And that's why we feel that we're on the cusp of something, I think, really transformative in the sense that this is the experience economy. People want to take pictures of things. People want to share things. You can't just read about it anymore. You can't just view a digital ad. You know, it's, it's not enough. And so that's what we do. We bring brands to life. It's really, it's different. It's out of the box. And it's something that I think we really take a lot of pride. So Ed, Ed, I want to, I want to interrupt you for a moment. When you say bring brands to life, um, that, that's great. But I, I think what, what really people are interested in are how brands connect to the consumer. And and it, I, I from everything that I've seen, that's really where you guys specialize in 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 Absolutely. connecting, whether it's at a conference or or, or events or, or however the message might be seen. And I'm curious if you can tell us a little bit about what you've seen trends were in 2017, almost in 2018. Where is the world of media going, and and how is your team staying on the cutting edge of it? So I'll answer your question in three simple words. Everything that we do, we design for digital. So what that means is any experience, people want to share it. People want to put it on Instagram. They want to put it on Facebook. They want to put it on Twitter. They want to basically experience something that brings them joy and then put it out there. And why that's great for brands is because somebody in Kansas City may not have been able to go to the event in New York or the big event in Chicago, but they're still seeing this energy, this amplification effect that's happening. So how do we connect brands to consumers is basically by creating experiences that are transferable and that allow not only for trackability, but those memories. And this research has shown 10 to 1 where consumers are more likely to interact, buy, and become fans of brands when they've actually experienced them in person versus just watching an ad. Very, very interesting. So uh, you mentioned that your offices are all over the country. First of all, um, any chance uh, Chicago offices in the works? Listen, we're working on it. I can't give away all the trade secrets, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's in the three-year plan. How about that? Okay, great. And uh, as all of our listeners know, I'm very passionate about connecting companies uh, to people. Uh, I see through your website that you are uh, actively recruiting for a number of positions. Can you tell us uh, what kind of people uh, are a good fit for the BMF team? Yeah, so basically, if, if to use an analogy, creativity is the gasoline that fuels the engine. Everyone has to have a bit of that creative fire, no matter what. Um, I say the same thing about our receptionist to our HR person. You know, there's no rule that only creativity can come from our creative director or our head of accounts or anything like that. So you have to be creative. You have to be inspired by marketing. You have to be inspired by really cool things that are happening. You have to have your finger on the pulse. So that's the kind of a top-level type of person that we're looking for. Digging a little bit deeper, you know, we're really looking for people right now that are strategic, interested in digital influencer marketing, which is kind of an extension of experiential interested in people that can really connect strategy from a brand perspective, but translate that to execution. So good account experience, good decorating experience, people that can solve problems. And um, it's, it's a great time. We're, we're very lucky to kind of 
be growing and looking for even better people. Awesome stuff. And uh, of course, we'll share uh, your website with our listeners. Uh, and when our, when hopefully uh, everybody checks out uh, your site, they'll see a lot of those brands that they know um, and that Absolutely. they uh, and that that they use. But every fingerprint is unique. Uh, Ed, do you believe that every company uh, that you're so privileged to work with is unique and and that there's no, I guess, one size fits all, or is there? No, there absolutely isn't. A lot, a lot of times, I get asked the question, "Oh, what's your favorite, you know, event that you've done, or what's, you know, what's been your favorite?" You know, and I answer that in the same way, and a lot of people laugh. It's like you can't really have a favorite child, you know. Brands and clients come to us to solve a problem, to solve a need. And it could be something really small or, you know, we've been, like you said, lucky enough to do some really large music festivals, things in Times Square, you know, big experiences. And they're different. And they're different in a way that the brand has to speak with authenticity. If you're not authentic, you, you lose people. And people aren't stupid. They're able to understand that if you're just trying to do something to make a big noise or some splash, they're going to see right through that. So we try to really cater each solution to each brand or client, understand what they're looking to do, and kind of really put the answers in front of them that make sense, but are also then potentially scalable, that amplify and allow the brand to grow. Oh, that's great. And uh, Ed, we've got just under a minute remaining, but uh, I, I'm curious if there's any lessons uh, that, that you've discovered, that you've learned uh, in your time uh, as the managing director of uh, BMF Media that you wish you knew when you started in business, that you, perhaps advice that you could pass along to, uh, to young entrepreneurs these days? A couple things. Uh, one is people are everything. You know, we've, we've had the luck to have some wonderful people. We have some people that have been with us for over eight years. But really take your time. Hire the best, best people. And don't hire necessarily exactly for the role. You could have some people that are excellent that you know, don't have sales experience, but they're smart in other ways. And uh, I think we were a little too rigid in the past. And we found that kind of opening up that net has allowed us to just really, really go from a linear to an exponential growth. Ed, great That's advice. I'm, I'm going to have to leave it there, um, but I do want to make sure Perfect. that our uh, that our listeners can get a hold of your team. Where can they learn more? What website can people check out? Perfect. Please go to www.bmsmedia.com. Everything's on there. Um, my links, my, my email is ed at bmsmedia.com if you want to reach me directly. And thank you so much for the opportunity. It was great speaking to you. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Ed Starr of BMF Media, for joining us on Get Down to Business. Well, Chicago, you don't want to miss this. Coming up after the break, we've got Jeff Zucker. We've got a great conversation, great advice on small business coming up right after the break. Welcome back to the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. And entrepreneurship is the way I would sum up my next guest. Jeff Zucker uh, is the president of Green Lion Partners, uh, been involved in media companies, property uh, properties all over the country, based in Denver. But uh, again, a serial entrepreneur with experience in a wide range of industries, and including real estate, hospitality, entertainment, ice hockey, and believe it or not, cannabis. Jeff, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So um, it's great to have you on the uh, on the show today. Uh, tell me a little bit about everything that you're up to, because it's almost hard to keep track of all of the uh, all of the uh, entrepreneurial projects of, uh, of of Jeff Zucker. Yeah, sure. happy to. Yeah, it can be hard to keep track of for sure at times. Uh, but 
you know, I try to keep everything pretty organized. You know, I, I started doing real estate development when I went, when I was in college and that's sort of my bread and butter kind of fuels my other passions, fortunately. And uh, I've got residential properties, two to seven unit buildings in uh, Boston, Chicago, and Jersey city. And uh, continuing to grow that. Um, meanwhile, I've got a film production company in LA. We're working mostly on some comedic projects, um, working on a few tech projects. And then, uh, you know, where most of my headspace goes these days is to the cannabis industry and my company, Green Lion Partners. Uh, interesting. Uh, so you you have become um, a, uh, a an expert uh, on the uh, on the subject. Um, you've become involved in policy, watching uh, the changes throughout throughout the country. So I'd love to pick your brain on that and and, and talk about some of your ventures in uh, in a number of businesses relating to cannabis. I'm, I'm curious first to get your take uh, on where you see this going in the country. Do you see any time in our lifetime um, a, a, a change in the, in the federal statutes relating to cannabis? Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, we try, I try not to say ever that it's inevitable in this space because there's always a lot of ag- advocacy to keep working toward. But, um, you know, the laws are beginning to change. You know, we've got good medical programs or more in 29 states and, and counting. And uh, so I think, you know, it's only a matter of time until we see a change at the federal level. Um, you know, people have seen the incredible things this is doing for a variety of ailments, you know, for tax revenue, for jobs. And, uh, you know, I, I would say I would be surprised if it doesn't happen in the next, you know, five-ish years. Um, I think, you know, before this administration came on board, uh, I might have guessed sooner. But obviously it's hard to tell what uh, what this team is going to do. Um, but, uh, yes, I do think that it's uh, closer than a lot of people think. Interesting. So you've touched on the, on the uh, health care medical uh, reasons. You've touched on the financial reasons for whether it's state or, or federal government. But let's talk about the business side, which I know you're very, very familiar with um, through your through your work through Greenline Partners. So tell us a little bit about, uh, I know you've been involved in a number of verticals relating to cannabis. Uh, where, where, where have, what have you been involved in and, and where have you seen the opportunities? Sure. So Green, Green Lion, just to give a little background, is a We've evolved into a hybrid operating and holdings company. So we've uh, invested in um, companies in the space, mostly on software, services, and accessories. So I get the ancillary side of the industry that doesn't touch the plant. Um, we do have one investment that does touch the plant in uh, Whoopi and Maya, Whoopi Goldberg's uh, cannabis line. Um, and, uh, you know, really, uh, you know, we got to know the industry over time and uh, have seen quite a bit of deal flow and, you know, started a few of our own companies. Um, and I think that from an investment perspective and a business perspective, there's an incredible number of opportunities on the ancillary side of the industry. You know, I think those that touch the plant, like cultivators and dispensaries, have an opportunity to make some cash right now. But um, the policies on those sides are ever-changing and the economics of it are ever-changing. Um, so, you know, I, I tend to focus on the companies that support the industry um, you know, our biggest investment is into a company called FlowHub, which is a POS, an inventory management platform. It's a you know, enterprise software built from the ground up for the cannabis industry. So, uh, you know, for me, the, that's where the opportunities are and, you know, the companies that can be real game changers that can even scale into other industries. Interesting. And I know you and I have spoken a little bit about uh, cannabis uh, advocacy, even uh, with other countries. I know you've been involved in 
in uh, some conversations uh, and, and possibly even organizing a, a bit of a mission with a number of folks in the industry out to Israel. Do you mind uh, talking a little bit about that? Happy to. So uh, you know, I've been involved in the cannabis space for three years or so. And, uh, you know, in this industry, that's a long, kind of a long time. And, uh, you know, I, I noticed that there, the incredible work that's going on in Israel and they're doing uh, the best tech and medical research when it comes to cannabis uh, in Israel. And you know, there are a lot of Israeli advocates and Jewish people in the cannabis industry. And uh, you know, a friend and I decided that we should try to bridge the gaps between those groups and um, worked with a couple partners to create the America-Israel Cannabis Association. And that's helping American companies, you know, partner with Israeli companies by doing research there and having Israeli companies, you know, license uh, um, their technology out to companies here. You know, because Israel's government uh, embraces researching the plant, it's, uh, you know, that's why they're able to get so far ahead. And, you know, it's something unfortunate about the market here, but we're trying to make that less of an issue for companies uh, in the U.S., Fascinating. So uh, you've you've talked a little bit about the uh, about the benefits uh, again on multiple levels on business uh, around jobs. So many jobs being created, a uh, the the sort of stimulus to the to the economy really important. But there's something interesting um, on your website, which of course we'll share with our listeners as they uh, as they read a little bit about the fantastic team behind Greenline Partners and the many ventures that you're involved in. Um, you talk, there's a button to donate, which is a button that you usually don't see on a business website, and I think it's summed up in the uh, in 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 something that it says on the website about you. It says that you make business decisions with combined goals of profit and purpose. Uh, Jeff, that's unique. You don't see that a lot in business. Tell me a little bit about why you work so hard and why you do what you do. Sure, I appreciate uh, you noticing that and. Um, my late father, his goal was to clean alum, repair of the world, and you know I, I try to continue that in my efforts. And I believe the cannabis industry is a big aspect of that. I've seen, you know, some of the medical uh, things that this can help. You know, whether it's cancer or Alzheimer's or epilepsy um, or anxiety. Uh, you know, I think that bringing cannabis to more people and just giving patients better access, more research, is really paramount and improving a lot of lives. Um, and so, you know, within our website to have that donate button is really important to us. We think that this this industry is, it was born of advocacy. So it, to me, it's very important that all businesses that are involved remain rooted in those causes and, you know, continue the fight to end the drug war um, and to end racial disparity, you know, in drug enforcement and things like that. Um, so, you know, in growing these businesses and helping them build a solid foundation from which to grow on, we're hoping to sort of build that into the fabric of the cannabis industry, this advocacy. Um, so for us, you know, it's just part of the job. Uh, that's uh, incredible, incredible passion. Um, so again, we're chatting with Jeff Zucker, the uh, president CEO, Greenline Partners, a number of other ventures, um, certainly focused on business, but also focused on, as you said, repairing the world and trying to uh, trying to to through your businesses make the world a better place. Really important. We've got just about a minute remaining, and Jeff, I, I, I'd love to uh, to ask. You've been successful in business, and I'm sure there's so much more of the Jeff Zucker story that will continue to be written. Um, what advice do you have for other entrepreneurs that might just be getting started in business uh, in 2017 or 2018? 
I would say just have a very open mind and know that you don't know much. Uh, life in business especially is just a continued learning experience. So, you know, be careful with who you trust, give, give things time and have an open mind. And, you know, if you're looking to get in a new industry, you know, whether it's the cannabis industry or something else, I suggest immersing yourself and really getting as educated as possible uh, before you jump in. Uh, that's great advice. And uh, Jeff, you, uh, throughout your many ventures, I know you've been very committed to helping a lot of people get started in business. And I know you're, uh, you're certainly a big part of your business is, uh, you know, investing in, in companies, investing in ideas. Uh, with that in mind, how can folks uh, learn more about your ventures and potentially get in touch? Absolutely. Well, they can, uh, you know, check out greenlionpartners.com. You can, you know, follow us on social media. There's also a contact form on that site. You know, any questions or interests about getting involved in the space or just, you know, want to get some more information, we're happy to help. That's great. Uh, Jeff Zucker, thanks so much for joining us. Greenlinepartners.com. Check it out. Um, lots of great information. And speaking of small business, we will be chatting with Elliot Richardson, our good friend, returning guest on the program about the Small Business Advocacy Council's agenda, including lowering the cost of being in business in the state of Illinois. That's coming up right after this quick break. You're listening to Get Down to Business. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Down to Business. We're powered by Tandem HR, your solution center. Check them out online, tandemhr.com, or give them a call, 630-928-0510. Thrilled to be joined by my very good friend, um, Elliot Richardson from the Small Business Advocacy Council. Elliot, I feel like we don't talk enough. We should have you on the show a lot more often, but you are working hard, my friend. Hey, Shalom. Good to talk. Yeah, I've missed you, man. Hope everything is well. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. So uh, your team has been hard at work in trying to level playing field for small business. Uh, I know you've had this one policy uh, item on your agenda for uh, for a while, but uh, you're trying to inch it closer and closer to reality, lowering the cost of LLC fees. Uh, for our listeners that don't recall, if you don't want to give us a little bit of the background. Yeah, absolutely, Shalom. You know, uh, in Illinois, we pay the highest LLC fees in the nation. Um, and A, it, it takes money out of the pockets of small business owners that they could spend on doing things like hiring, um, buying equipment, doing different things for their business. And paying these unreasonably high fees, also Shalom, um, really perpetuates a perception that Illinois is not a good place to own and operate a business. And we know Illinois is trying to attract larger companies into the state. They focus an awful lot on that. But small businesses are the backbone of the economy. That's not just a tagline. It is the truth. They're the major job creators. So why is this even an issue? Why is why are the fees so high? And, and as soon as it's been noticed by, uh, by, by advocates like yourself and the and the hundreds and hundreds of SBAC members, why is this even a debate? It should not be a debate. It's a great question. And, and you know what? Amongst the thousands of coalition partners that we have in all of these different business organizations, it's a no-brainer. Lower these fees. Any loss of revenues to the state will be more than made up by the economic development that comes to Illinois because people will actually file in this state as opposed to other states you know, we did get this bill now, Shalom, through the House unanimously for the first time. It's sitting in the Senate. Uh, it can be called for reconciliation next week. Uh, and if it's called by Senator Cullerton next week on reconciliation and it's passed, 
this is going to become law as soon as it's signed by the governor, and that is going to be good for small businesses and good for our state's economy. Well, let's name drop over here. Who's the uh, who's the Senate sponsor, and what's the Senate bill um, that our listeners should uh, should be looking up? And of course, we'll give them a lot of information so they could get involved in the fight. Well, the bill is SB eight sixty seven. Uh, Senator Tom Cullerton is the chief sponsor in the Senate. Uh, been a good friend to small business. Uh, you know, I know there's been a lot of things going on in Springfield with the budget impasse and some of the um, more negative things that have been happening in our capital. Uh, we'd love for him to put this on the front burner and get this called for a vote. What about the governor's office? What does Governor Rauner have to say about this bill? Will he sign it into law? Uh, he has been extremely supportive. There is absolutely no reason to think he will not sign this bill the moment it hits his desk. So there's a lot of talk, and you implied this uh, earlier. We're chatting with Elliot Richardson from the Small Business Advocacy Council. You mentioned that there's a lot of talk about luring big businesses. Um, I'll mention a specific example. We all know about the attempts to bring Amazon to Chicago, and that that's exciting and that's great. Um, and I, I'm sure. Almost all of our listeners probably share that excitement and, and want that big stimulus to our economy. But uh, that is, you know, all job gains are positive, but making real structural change to how Illinois treats the small business community is critical. Um, tell us a little bit about the structure of the SBAC and beyond the LLC bill. And of course, we'll give contact information for everybody that's texting and emailing and calling right now. Um, what how how can people get more involved in in general in trying to fight for small business you know the SBAC was formed to give small business owners a seat at the policy table and to empower small businesses and, and really the way to get involved and to make a difference is to do just that get involved it's amazing how much politicians listen to people when they actually call when they email when they fight for issues that are important to their community, and small businesses need to form that community, and they need to speak, speak with a, lot, a loud and a unified voice. And, you know, you just hit the nail on the head. Lots of lip service and lots of effort to get large companies to come into Illinois, and that may be great, and the halo effect may work. But at the end of the day, small businesses drive our economy, and we need to remind our politicians of that on a daily basis. And really, it's every small business owner and the people that work for small businesses and the families that are supported by small businesses that can come together and you would be surprised at what the power of critical mass can do. Elliot, you and I have been in this fight for small business for a while. Generally speaking, would you say that that this is a uh, a partisan issue or are you attracting support from both Democrats and Republicans alike? The SBAC is a completely nonpartisan organization. That's a great question. And what I find is in our organization, and Shalom, I know you see the same thing too. We have conservative Republicans. We have liberal Democrats. At the end of the day, uh, when policies are passed that hurt small businesses, it doesn't matter what side of the aisle that business owner sits on. It's draining that small business owner of resources, and it's hurting the economy. So we are all rowing the boat in the same direction, and we've been able to bring this very diverse group of business uh, advocates together. Elliot, we are out of time, um, but I do want to make sure we share the website, sbacil.org. That's sbacil.org. That's where you can find out more about the SBAC's fantastic, very, very important policy agenda, including 
lowering the cost of LLCs in the state of Illinois. Elliot, thanks so much for joining us. We're going to be right back with Steve Hall from Lisk, Chicago. Welcome back to the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. We love to profile entrepreneurs, but also resources for small business. And there's nobody that I think exemplified that uh, more than my next guest who's joining me here in studio, Steve Hall, the uh, director of small business lending for Lisk. And, uh, you know, Steve, you've been on the program before, and I know you are a strong advocate for small business, but you are providing some fantastic resources for Businesses around the country, uh, welcome to the program. Uh, if you don't mind, start by telling us a little bit about LISC and the important work uh, that your organization is doing all over. Well, Shalom, thanks for having me on. Um, one of the things I'm really excited about is kind of share what we're doing for small businesses in our great country. Uh, small businesses are the backbone of, of our country, and we have to realize they are the largest employer of, of first-time employees, people fresh out of college, people... Um, who are returning from the military, there's a, a great, you know, need for, you know, talented employees. And a lot of times those businesses, they need working capital. They need money for new equipment. They need money for transportation. They need money for real estate to expand their business. And where do they get it from? You know, you know, banks have, they've, they've done well in this economic recovery, but they haven't, it hadn't trickled down to the businesses that needed the most. So I work for National not-for-profit lender. We we do loans with the SBA Community Advantage Program, New Markets Tax Credit Program, and we take those opportunities and we invest in businesses in urban and rural areas that are looking to hire, you know, good quality people to help grow their businesses um, to, you know, make an impact on their communities. So, Steve, I, I feel that LISC on so many levels is one of, uh, well, we'll talk about Chicago, one of Chicago's best-kept secrets. I think that there's a lot of people, and and certainly there's a lot of people that are very appreciative of the of the good work that, that you guys do. But uh, more people should know uh, about, uh, about, for example, those small business resources. Steve, let's talk about you. You've, been, uh, you've, you, you've become an expert on small business lending. Tell us a little bit about your career and how long you've been doing this, because often I think it's business owners and entrepreneurs look to the people on the other side uh, as, they, as they look for, for an advocate and, and for help. Well, excellent. I always say I'm the entrepreneur's banker. So I've, I've, I've owned my own businesses. I failed just like many of the serial entrepreneurs out there. I've you know, tried to start things and it didn't work and I learned my lessons. And guess what? I, I joined the banking uh, world to you know, provide lending to small business owners who were going through the same challenges that I did. And one of the, one of the, the best things I learned in my banking career, and I was uh, 12 years at a regional bank where I was the market manager for the city of Chicago for that bank, and I ran a small business division you know, banks always need banks always needed small business customers, and small business customers always needed credit. And a lot of times, the banks didn't want to lend to them. So I always tried to find unique ways, whether it's through SBA, whether it was partnering with community development financial institutions or not-for-profit lenders like List Small Business, to make sure that those small businesses could get capital as a bridge to when the bank could step in and help them. So that's that's been my career for let's say twelve to fifteen years. Um, you know, 12 years with the bank, three years in a not-for-profit space. I'm excited to continue this work. I, I, I'll, I'll be honest, when, when small business owners find out about us, this is the exact bridge they need prior to, you know, getting right with the bank. And, and if they're not right and ready for a loan right now with us, we still can give them an option of what they can do so they don't have to go to predatory lenders. And what I find uh, unique and, and 
important to profile about about your resources is that it's not a one size fits all. Um, when somebody might apply for a loan uh, just by 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 Googling, and there are a lot of you know, if you Google small business lending, there's a lot of stuff that will pop up, um, but they will either be approved or denied. And your team has a lot of tools that uh, that that others might not otherwise be able to uh, be able to get. So talk a little bit about uh, some of the industries and without naming names, but some of the examples of of companies that you may have worked with and, and helped grow. Sure. I mean, one of one of the fantastic things like Chicago is the city of, uh, you know, a thousand plus restaurants. Right. And on all those restaurants, they had to start. I think I've somewhere. eaten at 999 of them. I, I, I believe you. And, and one of the challenges they have is it's really hard for them to get financing from a bank until they've been in operation for at least two to three years. So we do startup financing for troubled industries. So what does that mean? We're looking for companies that have a 30% equity injection, a really solid business plan, and a commitment to growing their business over time. And we, and we want to grow with them over time. I think that's the key thing that any lender wants to do. A lot of banks are... Because of their regulations, they say, hey, I can't do this particular transaction because it's too risky. Well, we, we're in the people business, so we look for transactions, kind of like old school banking where you go, you meet the president, he's down the hall, he shakes your hand and say, I believe in this guy, I think he can do it. Well, <clears throat> it's really hard to do it on a national scale for any lender, but because we're a not-for-profit community-based lenders, we look for those communities and people who say, hey, I've been in this community for 20 years, I was working at this restaurant, I want to go start my own, let's make that happen. And, and that's some of the work we do. You know, there's a transportation company. Let's say they can be in northwest Indiana. And that company will say, hey, I need two more trucks. And if I get two more trucks, I can take this deal from Eli Lilly to drive stuff from Indianapolis to Chicago. This is going to make a big impact on me. It's going to put, give my son a job. It's going to send my daughter to college. It's going to, you know, have my wife quit her job at the hospital. Those are the type of borrowers. And that sums it up. That yep. sums it up, Steve, because that's, as you said, you're a nonprofit. And ultimately, it sounds like the, uh, it's the impact that you're looking for, the impact, the jobs that are going to be created, the, uh, the, the, the boost to the economy. And, mm-hmm. and that's how it's done uh, through, creative, uh, through creative partnerships and, and through those stories. And uh, I know there's nobody that does it better than, than you. You've been doing this for a while. You and I have known each other for a while. And, and you've been... Uh, you've been able to help a lot of people. So, of course, we're going to share a lot more information um, for our uh, with our guest, Steve Hall from Lisk Chicago. Uh, Lisk Small Business, I know you're having an impact way beyond Chicago, um, but we've got to squeeze in a very quick break, Steve. Um, coming up, we're going to continue our conversation with Steve Hall, VP of Lisk Small Business. You're listening to the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. We're powered by Tandem HR. Check them out online. Fantastic resources for small business. They are our solution center. You can check out their brand new website, tandemhr.com, or give them a call, 630-928-0510. We'll be right back. Welcome back, Chicago. What a fantastic jam-packed lineup of guests we've had today on the air. Uh, we've talked about cannabis. We've talked about small business. We've talked about media and uh, and, and wrapping up the show with uh, our fantastic returning guest here in studio, Steve Hall, uh, VP at Lisk Small Business. And Steve, you were just talking uh, to us uh, about all of the financial resources for small businesses they're able to provide and the impact that really you're looking to make in the community because ultimately you're a nonprofit and, and very committed to that mission. Um, but it's not just money that you're able to provide. You also have a great team working behind you uh, that's, that's able to provide other resources. Tell us a little bit about it. We have a, we have a very um, 
big organization that looks to focus on different areas where we can help not only small business owners, but their employees as well. So we have a financial opportunity center network that works on, you know, credit and teaching people how to, you know, work with banks and things of that nature. Um, We also have, you know, safety programs, whether it's urban or rural. A lot of communities now, because of, you know, factories closing and jobs disappearing, you know, they they need collective strategies to work with the police department in those communities, and, and we're a part of that too. We also do low-income housing, so if people do lose their jobs because, let's say, you know, you know, jobs have been displaced or so they've been moved, um, we work on you know, trying to come up with some affordable housing situations so people can have the dignity and pride that they deserve to be in this great country. So we're, we're really proud of a lot of programs that we offer throughout the country. Um, you know, I'm luckily to be over the small business division, though. That's great. And I know on the LISC website, which we'll share with our listeners uh, momentarily, there's a way to give back. And uh, that uh, on the website, the the two options are to uh, invest your money or invest your time. And that's unique. Uh, You don't often see websites with those two uh, two, uh, options uh, and, and ways for people to get involved. What does it mean to invest your time in LISC small business? I think there are so many great small business owners in this country, and they can share a lot of their talent and resources with, with you know, emerging businesses. Um, nothing like being a third-generation business and sharing somebody who's starting out for the first time, you know, how they can be successful. A lot of times we shouldn't view those business owners as competitors. We should think, of, you know, they're in different markets. Maybe there's sure. an opportunity for me to share. So we, we do a lot of coaching and mentoring from our particular program. The other thing is we want people just to share their success stories or you know, their educational experiences or their failures. That's awesome. And when they do it, I mean, th- those are those are the things that help people, you know, kind of stay in this space and, you know, provide for themselves and their families. Great way for people to get involved. And we've been dropping this acronym of LISC, um, but I feel bad that I haven't, uh, haven't further uh, explained it. Um, but I'm getting guests from people that are asking uh, by text, uh, what does LISC, LISC stand for and when was it started? So Local Initiative Support Corporation started. No, about, we're not going to test anybody on that, right? Yeah, yeah you're not, you're not going to pass the test. But we started about 38 years ago in New York City. Um, we're a uh, national not-for-profit lender. We do housing. We do small business. Um, we're in 31 different uh, cities. We operate in 100 rural communities across this great country. And our, our goal is just to try to help people who really need help. And Steve, I know you've been traveling everywhere, uh, visiting a lot of those communities, making that impact and helping small business, which is something I know important to you, very important to me, very important to all of our listeners. So thank you for what you're doing. Uh, thank you to your team. And certainly I want to make sure that people can get a hold of you, whether they, uh, whether they, they need some of that small business support or they want to invest their money or their time. Uh, lots of ways to get involved. Um, Steve Hall, how how can people reach Lisk Small Business? Well, to reach us, the best way to go is to listsmallbusiness.org, O-R-G. So that's L-I-S-C, smallbusiness.org. Listsmallbusiness.org. Steve Hall, thank you so much for joining us. We will absolutely be having you back on as often as you would like. Whenever you have stories to share, we want to hear those stories and spotlight them, including, by the way, success stories. If you ever have uh, interesting entrepreneurs, uh, we'd, love to, we'd love to talk to them. Uh, so speaking of small business, you've been listening to Get Down to Business. I'm your host, Shalom Klein. You can get on my website, shalomklein.com, to download podcasts from the program. Get a sneak peek of who's going to be on next week on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship to success. Let's get down to business. We'll talk to you next Sunday at 6 p.m.